Welcome back to the All Things New Podcast. I hope that you're having a great week so far. Um, If I'm being completely honest, last week for me was really hard. Not even gonna lie. Um, I was just feeling very lonely and I don't know what it was, but it just kind of hit me all of a sudden and I was already busy that week, so it was kind of difficult, but um, I'm good. (laughs) Um... I just felt really, I don't know, I, I, I was confused as to why I felt so sad and so alone. But what's perfect about today's episode, which I think God kind of worked that out, because I was already planning to talk about not isolating, but um, since last week was so hard for me, I especially feel and identify with the importance of not isolating. So today's episode title is um, part three of the How to Thrive in Your Singleness series, and it's titled Don't Isolate. So I don't know, my week was really hard. I had a lot of anxiety and I felt really sad. Um, I literally, like, I don't cry very often. And on Thursday night, I literally was sobbing on the bathroom floor. So I don't know what it was. I don't know if something triggered me, but for some reason, I was just feeling very sad and very anxious as well. And if it weren't for my community, I don't know if I would have been okay. Um, It was still a hard week, but the support that I had from my community was so important to have, especially since I was feeling alone or unwell or sad or anxious having people around me who love me who are praying for me who uplift me was so crucial and and having that community is so important in your life not just when you feel lonely but just every day having support and encouragement so um in this episode i'm really going to highlight the importance of having a community and not isolating yourself because especially in singleness you can feel alone but even if you're not single if you're married if you're dating you can still feel alone. There can be these these, this, these feelings of loneliness that we can feel in our lives throughout our lives. So it's so important to surround yourself with people who share your values and people who care for you and who want the best for you. It's so important to get around people who love you and who can help you. And even if they can't help, they might know someone who can, you know, and they will help you get the help that you need because they love and care for you. So my first point for today's episode is we're not meant to be alone. We're just not. We're social creatures. Um, In the previous episode that I have published um, that is titled Loneliness, I read some statistics about loneliness. And it's actually pretty insane how lonely people feel. Um, People of all demographics, but especially millennials and Gen Z, we feel the most lonely out of every age demographic in the United States. And that's due to many things. But the fact is, regardless of why we feel that way, the the truth is that we feel that way and we have to figure out how do we get away from that loneliness, which of course, loneliness is inevitable. You're going to feel lonely every now and then. But what we do in those times of loneliness is really, really important. And we can either choose to dwell in that loneliness and dwell, and choose to live there, or we can choose to lean into our community. We can choose to admit how we're feeling. We can choose to be vulnerable and admit that we need help or that we're unwell. And that is such an important thing to do 
And that is one of the reasons why it's so important to have a community. We absolutely need each other. We're not meant to be alone. Honestly, I quote, I quote Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 all the time. But this scripture, this passage is so important and so good because it talks about the importance of how two are better than one. Um, I'm going to read it again. Um, chapter, sorry. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And if one can overpower him, who is alone? Two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. So once again, this passage is highlighting the importance of, of having people around us. It talks about how um, labor, how um, teamwork makes the dream work, essentially. How um, having a partner and when you're doing work or doing a job, something like that. You will be more efficient. I mean, that is if y'all are on the same page. Um, ideally, that's the case. But... If there are two people working towards the same thing, you're going to get done quicker and it'll be done more efficiently. Another example they use is if someone falls and if you fall alone, who's going to help you get up? Because you're in a vulnerable space, right? This doesn't just mean physical falling, but this could mean falling in other ways or getting into a place of, of sadness or loneliness or whatever it may be. If you're alone, how are you going to get up? You know? We don't always have enough strength to get up by ourselves if we are hurting or if we're in a place of vulnerability like this. And another example that's used is, is warmth. It's if one is laying by himself, how can he keep warm? But if there's two people, they will keep each other warm. And if someone comes to fight or try to attack you and you're alone, you won't have help. But if you have someone else, you have that support, you have that help. And then the final um, scripture says, a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. I like how it says three and not just two, right? We need lots of people in our circles and in our lives if we want to flourish and if we need to, if we want to have the support that we need, we have to be surrounded with people. Point number two is that we can't be authentic Christians if we're flying solo. I'm going to read a passage of scripture that comes from 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to read chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Now, it's a lot of scriptures, um, but these scriptures are so important, and these ideas here are absolutely crucial because it's talking about the body of Christ and about the church and how we are each separate, but also together, we form a unit. So verse 12 says, For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though there are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one part, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, 
It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has arranged the parts, each of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the parts of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those parts of the body which we consider less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our less presentable parts become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable parts have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that part which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the parts may have the same care for one another. And if one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If a part is honored, all the parts rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. This passage of scripture is so great and it's so commonly referenced, but with reason, because this is a really, really important theme in Christianity and being a part of the church, which is the body of Christ. If you just think about the body, there are different parts, but it all makes one body, right? And we all need each of these parts to have a well-functioning body, right? We can't just have hands, right? How can you see? How can you hear? How can you taste? How can you smell if you're made of just hands, right? <laughs> I automatically think of the thumbs from Spy Kids because they're literally thumbs. Like, how? Like, they're literally thumbs. Like, you can't do anything else. Like, you can't taste. You can't see. You can't hear, right? So, I love the beauty of this analogy that Paul uses in this passage, when he's writing to the Corinthians, he talks about the body being separate parts, but also one body. And this relates to us as people because we are each individual people with our own gifts and talents, likes and dislikes, preferences. But we are all a part of the body and we can bring these wonderful, beautiful things together collectively to create the body of Christ. And so you cannot be the body of Christ if you're one part. By yourself if you're not connected to the rest of the body because you're no longer a part of that right so it's so important to remember that you are your own person you are individual you have gifts and talents and abilities that someone else does not and you can reach an audience or you can reach a demographic that your friends cannot and will not because they're not in the same environment as you are and so this passage of scripture is really wonderful in helping us remember the beauty of individuality, but also the beauty of the collective. Point number three that I'd like to make is that um, having a strong, godly community is essential for living a fulfilled life. Once again, we cannot be alone, and the church is not one person. We are the body of Christ. We are together. We are a bunch of people coming together with our own testimonies, with our own experiences, our own gifts and talents. And the body of Christ is made so much be more beautiful and so much sweeter if we have all of these different diverse parts of the body that are being brought together to bring glory to God and to be the body of Christ. 
So um, one of my church's uh, really important rhetorics that we talk about, and the first founding pastor of our church said this, and it is something that has aged so well, and it is just so completely true when talking about the body of Christ, and that is to leave your hand open. Leave your hand open so that you can receive blessings from God, but not only can you receive blessings from God if your hand's open, but you can also give blessings to others if your hand is open. If you have a closed hand, you won't be able to receive blessing, <laughs> blessings, nor will you be able to give. And so it's important to have an open hand being a part of the body of Christ. So our gifts and talents have been given to us to glorify God and to edify and to bless the church. And we're not meant to keep them to ourselves. I read a little bit of 1 Corinthians 12 earlier, but um, chap sorry, um, this is still chapter 12, but verse 7, a little bit earlier than the chunk of scriptures that I just read, it talks about um, a little bit of spiritual gifts and... Um, 1 Corinthians 12 talks a lot about spiritual gifts, but verse 7 says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And other translations say um, each one is given like a gift um, or a spiritual gift for the common good. So we're not meant to use our gifts for ourselves. We're not meant to keep them for ourselves. They are given to us by God to glorify him and also to help and encourage other people as well. I'd also like to read Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, which say, Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. This passage is great because it talks about how important it is to encourage each other and to not abandon coming together as the church, as, and not, to not uh, um, abandon community, not to abandon being around like-minded people. And that's a perfect um, little lead-in to my final point, which is point number four, and that is... We need to be around like-minded people for encouragement, for help, for edification. Um, and edification means being uplifted, elevated, and guided. Okay, um, Fellowship and corporate worship. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Do not be mismatched, and more common um, translations say unequally yoked. Do not be mismatched with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and lawlessness share together? Or what does light have in common with darkness? If any of you are unfamiliar with the concept of a yoke, um, there would be, like in these times, two oxen and they would be carrying a yoke. Um, think of like a wooden or metal bar that these two oxen would be carrying to help kind of plow the fields, essentially. And the whole reason why this analogy of unequally yoked is used is because think of um, if you have two oxen and one is super strong and like just think of like a bull that's like fit for a bullfight, right? Um, 
this ox is very strong, or this bull, or this animal, right? It's very strong, very muscular, very resilient, has endurance. And then imagine the, the, the oxen next to it is weak and does not have endurance and is shriveled up and is in pain as soon as they begin and is sick and is diseased, right? You're not going to be efficient if you're not, if the two oxen are not equal, if they're not equal or a very similar level of strength or of height or of endurance. And so this whole concept of being unequally yoked is like that strong ox with the weak ox. And so if you want to be efficient, if you want to be strong and do well and be a good steward, it's so important to be equally yoked. And so a lot of times um, this passage about being unequally yoked is used in reference to marrying, which is very, very good. It's a great analogy for marrying too. But at the same time, it specifically says unbelievers don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And so what this is talking about and what this is meaning is that we should be surrounding ourselves with like-minded people. Does that mean that we're not supposed to be around unbelievers? Absolutely not. Because how else are we going to impact the world and how else will we show the world Jesus if we don't go into the world, right? And I'm not saying live in the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. So it's important to be out in the world, shining light and encouraging others and showing the personality and character and love of Jesus. But what I am saying is that um, the people who influence you, that is really important. That is absolutely crucial. And we should be surrounded with people who think like us, who have the same values. And I'm not saying cookie cutter thought patterns, right? I'm not saying have the same political views, but what I am saying is those values, those morals are on the same page, right? It's so important to be connected with people like this in our lives. I'd also like to read um, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, and it says, One who walks with wise people will be wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, once again, I'm not calling non-Christians or people who don't have the same beliefs as you fools, right? But what I am saying is that if you want to be wise, you should surround yourself with wise people. You should surround yourself with wisdom. If you want to be kind and giving, surround yourself with those kinds of people. If you want to be gracious and patient, surround yourself with those kind of people. I hope this makes sense, but you should be surrounding yourself with what you want to be. Because who you surround yourself with will ultimately affect how you behave and how you think. Because that's your environment. You will become a product of your environment. So this is why it's so important to choose the right type of environment, to choose the right community to be in. Another passage I'd like to read is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, and it says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals or also good character. Um, this is actually a quote um, in 1 Corinthians. Paul is quoting, I can't remember where from, but he's quoting, Bad company corrupts good morals, and that's going right back again to the same concept of unequally yoked and being surrounded with people who are like-minded to you. It's that bad company, if you're surrounded by people who believe the opposite as you, who do things you don't believe in, right? That will corrupt your morals. You will begin to start compromising your beliefs and start thinking that, oh, these things aren't that bad. 
if they're doing it, it's cool. Like, it's okay if they're doing this and that, or it's okay if they say this or watch this or listen to this, right? And then we can become comfortable and start compromising to what we are surrounded by. This happened so many times in the Old Testament when the Israelites who were escaping from Egypt were in the desert for 40 years, right? And they were going back and forth between idols and there were communities there that um, had pagan gods and God specifically said not to intermarry with these people because you will abandon your morals. You will abandon your beliefs, your ethics, right? And this is not like saying don't mix races that's not and that's not what that's saying at all but in this time these cultures were worshiping these pagan gods and they were worshiping these idols who were representing these gods that were not the true god and the reason god was saying this is because um, the israelites would easily be influenced by other cultures and they were several times but this is another example of why it's so important to surround yourself with people who believe like you. Because if you allow the the ear of the world to become louder in, in your head than the ear of, um, not the ear of the world, if you, the voice of the world, I mean. If you allow the voice of the world to be louder than the voice of God, the voice of your godly leaders, then that is a dangerous place. It's dangerous to be in that place where you are isolated. Um, by your beliefs. I hope that makes sense. I'm not saying don't go around other people who don't believe as you, but what I am saying is um, it's important to have people that have the same goals as you, same values, because when you go into those situations where you are the outlier, that you have a community backing you, even when you're the only one who believes or thinks as you do. The last passage of scripture I'd like to read is from Matthew 18, verse 20, and this is Jesus speaking, and he says, For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. There's also another really important theme that we see in the book of Acts, which is talking about the early church. Um, the events of Acts happen after the ascension of Christ, after he leaves the earth and goes back to heaven. He gives the Great Commission, um, go teach the gospel to all nations, baptize them. Um, and in Acts, they do what he said. They go meet in this upper room and the Spirit of God falls on them and they all receive the Spirit of God. And in Acts, the church is being built. Peter, who was once a man who was timid and afraid and shameful of the fact that he denied his Lord, he's the one who is speaking in front of these thousands of people declaring who Jesus is, and this is the start of the church. And a really amazing and important theme that is repeated in Acts, and I think that this repetition is absolutely intentional, usually, um, well, when repetition happens in the Bible, pay attention because it's something important. And a very commonly repeated thing that is in Acts is fellowship with believers, breaking bread and being together, having meals with believers and sitting with them, going to each other's homes, sharing stories, praying, worshiping, loving each other, encouraging each other. This is what the church should look like. And these, this is not what isolation looks like. This is what community looks like. And this is, this is how you should pattern your life and, and how you should, this is a great example of, of what you should be doing in your life as a Christian. You should be 
spending time with other believers and breaking bread and having meals and playing games and just being around like-minded people who love you. On the same note, um, individual worship and prayer are so important, right? We can also um, talk about corporate, right? And it's important to be with others, right? So, of course, individual prayer and worship is absolutely crucial in your walk with God, but corporate worship brings in a completely different element into life with Jesus. Being with believers in the same room as them, singing the same song, raising your hands together, worshiping with the same song in your heart simultaneously before the Lord is so amazing and so powerful. I remember back in 2020, which is crazy, that's two years ago, but when the pandemic first started, everything shut down, right? No more church, no more school, no more nothing, right? Nothing. And I remember we had to um, we had church online for several months before um, we were able to meet in person again. And I remember like the first time we had in-person church was incredible because we were back together in the same place. Like, of course, we watched live stream, but it's not the same as actually being in that space with other believers worshiping together in the presence of God fall- falls. He inhabits the praises of his people. And having that corporate worship, that body, that church is so important in your life because that corporate worship is so beautiful and so edifying. It's so encouraging and uplifting to be in a room, in a place with people like you worshiping the same Lord, giving glory to him, coming together after a long week, after several different issues, after trials, after whatever it may be, coming together and worshiping is so beautiful and so important. So this theme of not isolating yourself is so, so crucial. I know I keep saying so crucial, so important, but this is one of the the, the essences of Christianity is community and it's being with like-minded people, having people to um, and um, encourage you and to help you and especially in singleness when loneliness can be sometimes more common um, than people who are married or in relationships um, having this community is absolutely crucial especially during this time the worst thing you can do for yourself is to separate yourself and to isolate and to um, not be around others being around others is so important and so good. And to be completely honest with you, I sometimes need a distraction from my singleness. And one way I can do that is by serving and volunteering and being at church and serving in ministry and, and using my gifts, cultivating my gifts, sharing my gifts, using my gifts, right? All of these things. And I'm not saying I do this as a distraction, but this is something I love, a gift that God's given me. I mean, several gifts God has given me to use for his glory and to edify the church. And so if you lean into this, lean into that serving, that loving, that corporate, that community, that fellowship, this is so important and it'll help you throughout this season of feeling lonely. And don't do it just because you feel lonely, but find something that you're good at. Find your niche do take a spiritual gifts test. Learn about your talents because sometimes we don't even know what they are. I'm sure I have some more that I haven't quite learned about. But learn your talents and lean into that. Cultivate those gifts and talents. Cultivate them in a community of believers, of like-minded people who love you and who want the best for you and encourage you in everything. So that is all for this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it.
Um, I would love if you would give me a five-star review if you haven't already um, on Spotify. I would really appreciate it also on Apple Podcasts and the other podcasting platforms that allow you to rate. I would very much appreciate giving me a good rating. Um, So yeah, if there's anyone who you think would be blessed by this, please share it. I just want to be a blessing. I always say this, but if I only reach one person, I've done my job. So that is the end of this week's episode. I love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in. And I will talk to y'all next week. Ciao.